Welcome to Mindless, a semi-serious podcast where two friends try to figure out how to be mindful, manifest their best lives, and love themselves. My name is Lorena Schutt. And I'm Kelly Niner. Join us while we try to figure out how to be more and mind less. Hi, Lorena. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. It's cold outside. I know it's horrendous. I don't really want to go outside later, but I have to because I'm a grown up and I need to buy my own food and bullshit. It's garbage. <laughs> Honestly, how are people meant to do this? Like work full time, take care of their like domestic duties have a social life, rest enough. I literally don't know. Like, I feel like we need 36-hour days instead of 24-hour days. Yeah. Because I need another I need another 12 hours to figure out how to, like, put the rest of it in. Yeah. You know, I saw a meme, like, um, a few weeks ago, which was kind of about, or I think it was a tweet, which was kind of about the fact that the 40-hour work week was not made with the assumption that you had to do everything by yourself. It was made under the assumption that um, kind of like, quote unquote, the the woman of the household would stay at home and do yeah. like, the housework and the man of the household would go to work. Yeah, of so course. So it wasn't meant to be done by just one human. No, it's not. So, so why do we still have a 35 or 40 hour work week? I think I'm going to change it. <laughs> We need like, well, because there's been studies that have been done that say eight hours a day, like only three hours of that most people are actually productive for. Yeah. And also, if you look into human design, which I know I've told you about, it's kind of like, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's kind of like a method of profiling you um, with like a combination of astrology, uh, Kabbalah, like Jungian kind of as well chakras there's like different modalities included in one um and in human design it's it's supposed to help you uh kind of navigate the world Mm. um and I'm not really too much into profiling people because I don't like to be put in a box but um according to human design I'm a projector which means like projectors wait for the invitation one of the things the other thing is they need a lot of rest and I actually do and I always felt guilty for it I always felt guilty that I needed a lot of rest throughout the day and Mm. I would do like two or three hours of work and then I'm done I would be really productive and efficient in those two or three hours um, and really creative and get a lot of shit done but I would essentially be yeah I would I would need a lot of rest after that and I would feel really lazy and didn't. Which, as you guys know, for a Capricorn, is like kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Laziness or apathy <laughs> or unproductivity. <laughs> so I felt, I felt really bad about myself. But since learning about this, I'm like, oh, no, like, it's okay that I am this way. A hundred percent. It makes so much more sense. Like, we're not, yeah, we're not supposed to actually, we aren't created in the way that we go to work and are meant to be a hundred percent productive the entire time we're also not meant to sit at a desk like Mm -mm. all day every day we're meant to move Mm -hmm. my intention for now is to work smart not hard so I'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna aim to build my business in a way that I don't need to work a lot every day but in the hours I'm working it's gonna be really fucking productive and efficient and really valuable because that's my goal to give a lot of value to people and to also take care of myself at the same time. Yeah. And get my household shit done. I, well, I'm <laughs> like, with the state of the world at the current point in time as well, I feel like the last thing we all need is the extra added pressure of like needing to do everything <laughs> or like needing to be as productive as possible. You know, I'm a Capricorn. I know. <laughs> but it's interesting that you say that because uh, I, I kind of have similarly figured out. For me, as a Virgo, it's more about routine. As long as Mm -hmm. I have that routine of like, okay, between these hours, I'm going to do my work. 
then I'm grand. And for those hours, I'm like working away and super motivated and really productive. Mm. But as soon as it's past those hours, my brain's like, no, it's not time for that. That's fair. Yeah, whatever works for you. I've noticed that for me, it's actually not like that. I always thought I was like that because I do like routine. But I notice I can pressure myself quite a lot and then it doesn't work and then I feel Mm. bad about myself. Pendulum swings too far the other way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I just try to set an intention. This is what I'm going to get done. And if not, it's cool too. Yeah. I think for me, the pressure comes from making sure that my tasks for the day are like the things that need are like immediate and like right in front of me and not like looking at too big of the picture. Mm-hmm. Again, Virgo, I like the details. Yeah. But it's once I look at the big picture that I'm like paralyzed and I don't do anything <laughs> because yeah. it's too much. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Although I like looking at the big picture. But yeah, I, yeah, I get paralyzed as well if my to-do list is too long. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just learning to like, be inspired get done what I can get done yeah and and let it flow and trust that I'm on the right path yeah which I think is a bit hard for both of us but I'm glad we're learning we're learning and we've got each other we can support each other oh thank fuck (laughs) (laughs) awesome um cool let's get into today's topic which I'm really excited for and by the looks of it you are too yes because this is something that we've spoken about um in the past and I kind of know a little bit about it but I don't think we've ever spoken about it at length yeah like we will so it's and it's cool because this is kind of my chance where I just get to pick your brain and like listen to you teach me things (laughs) yeah I think I've been kind of feeling hesitant um to record a podcast episode on this because I don't feel like I'm an expert and I like being an expert. No, (laughs) it's just because I was just a bit wary of like um, misquoting people or butchering some of the teachings or anything like that Um, because the title of this episode is obviously a bit, it's not clickbaity, it's what we're going to talk about, but it's... um, we're calling it how to, which we're really gonna only give you our perception and our experience and how it's worked for us. Um, and it is a little bit of a framework, I suppose, mm. a little bit of a model, but it is a personal experience. Um, we are gonna talk about like some scientific concepts, but we're both not scientists at least not scientists of the brain at least not neuroscientists (laughs) Um, no my science is in like humans and society not in like anatomy and like the brain see like I am aiming to combine the two like I want to learn how the brain works and I want to learn how consciousness works and how because it's so like correlated it's not yeah separate oh no it never is and I think like this topic will be good because we're kind of combining science and spirituality which I know we've talked about before that neither of us think that the two are opposing or separate but sometimes it's seen that way sometimes um, when you look at the spiritual community it almost gets a bit too out out there and woo-woo and um, science is completely neglected. And the, the other way around, there are so many people who are like so into hard science that they don't even think outside the box and think that there is anything else, which is ironic because science is disproven all the fucking time. <laughs> Just because we know one thing now doesn't mean it can't be disproven or we can't learn more about it. Um, for me, it's like the whole point of the scientific method and like doing good science as a scientist is the understanding. So like when you, when you do a study, you never come to the conclusion that something has been proven because the whole point of the study is that you're just trying to figure out what didn't work. It's disproving things. Yeah. So the whole point of the scientific method is that you're never actually coming to this point of like, haha, this is a thing. You're slowly whittling down the stuff that isn't true to then reveal what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And the difference is that 
there's still stuff under there that we haven't discovered yet. So the picture that we're getting is only these like tiny little bits that then we have to put together like a puzzle. But there's still so much missing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like essentially, I really enjoy science and I really like science because essentially for me, it's about curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's about like trying to figure things out, which I'm all about that. Sagittarius Mercury <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I think this topic will be really nice because we're going to talk about um, the brain we're going to talk about consciousness um, and I think I've said this in a previous episode I don't think consciousness is made in the brain I think consciousness comes before the brain and there's actually no scientific study or like nobody has ever people assume that consciousness is in the brain is in the brain and originates in the brain but no scientific study has ever shown that yeah because it's not we haven't figured out how to quantify it yeah through the science that we have right now yeah um so yeah i'm excited i'm excited too so to start off the disclaimer we're not neuroscientists we're just talking from our own perception and experience And we're just going to give our own view on how to rewire your brain. (laughs) Ha ha. And to start off with that, let's talk about what that even means. Yes. Um, What does it mean? Is it like you go to a shop and someone pops a hood on your head (laughs) and then you get a guy that's like tinkering on in there and is like, oh, this gas gets broken. No. Okay. That would be simple, huh? Um, so it's a bit more work than that. I... <laughs> um, but the concept um, essentially is called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and neuroplasticity is defined as the brain's ability to rewire, reorganize, restructure itself um, when it recognizes a need for adapting itself for any reason. And this is actually a newer, quote unquote, it's not like super new, but it's a newer concept because previously in the past, the assumption has been that our brains from a certain age, they develop like when we're young and the assumption has been that from, from after a certain age, our brains are hardwired. The whole like you can't teach an old dog new tricks thing. Exactly. Um, However, uh, it's now proven that the brain changes constantly throughout our lives. And yes, it's true that um, the older we get, the more challenging, quote unquote, it gets. Um, Because yes, it's more, it's easier to change habits when there aren't as many. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely possible. And this is why we're talking about it and why this is so powerful because our brain, our assumptions, we've been talking about this loads, influences how we perceive the world, uh, the actions we take, the habits we have, the way we think, the way we feel. And it has a huge impact on our life. So... Knowing that we can change our habits, we can change our thoughts, we can change our feelings, and it's all in our control to overcome any struggles that we might have, any negative assumptions or beliefs that we hold, is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Nothing is ever set in stone. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this already, but I want to know more about it first. <laughs> well, I'm not the expert here. We're just having a conversation. But um, essentially, the way I stumbled upon this, well, I, I came to this from the spiritual community, mm. obviously. But um, essentially, when I heard about neuroplasticity and the way that uh, we can like reframe our thoughts, rewire our brain, I got into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work pretty hard. Um, I do adore and love his work. I highly recommend his books, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and Becoming Supernatural specifically have been extremely powerful for me. Uh, I've been doing his meditations for about a year. I would love to go to one of his retreats. 
maybe one day Dr. Joe will connect with me and invite me to one of his retreats. I'm joking. And there it is. It's in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking it into existence. No, but... um, I mean, obviously, this is not sponsored or anything, just in case there are people like, you are promoting someone else's work. Not yet. (laughs) I I wished. I wish. But no, genuinely, I think his meditations are fantastic. They shifted a lot in me. And his work basically is based on exactly that premise. And um, I read his books and I found out that a lot of what we do we think we feel the actions we take in life is um runs on autopilot and i think he says something like um by the time we're 35 or something 95 percent of what we do runs on autopilot Mm. automatically so like we we've given this example previously in i think the manifestation Uh, episode where we were talking about for example when you enter a phone number on your phone and your fingers just do it and you don't even need to think about it or um, you walk or drive somewhere and um, you don't even remember how you got there but you end up at the place where you wanted to go you automatically do it it's just like almost muscle memory it's just completely unconscious yeah um and this can be like really helpful. We need that in yeah. in some instances. But the problem is that this, our brain also runs on autopilot um, when it comes to our destructive thought patterns, yes. our unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, the negative self-talk we have within ourselves. It's just completely automatic. And um, there is no blame in this, um, as we always say it's it's normal like it's conditioning it's also conditioning and programming from society from our surroundings from um the things we learn uh throughout our childhood throughout our lives so there is no blame in this but take your power back you can take your power back and you can change this you can bring it to your awareness and you can change it yeah so that's that's why it's important and why we're talking about it and why uh Knowing how to rewire your brain, essentially, is incredibly powerful and will literally change your life. So to me, um, and I I Googled it because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to talk out of my ass, and it turns out I'm not. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At least a little. Um, but it sounds a lot like cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which for those of you who don't know, it's a psychosocial um framework that attempts to basically disrupt or interrupt negative thought patterns or beliefs and um basically like through practice Mm -hmm. like teaching yourself to break those habits of those self-destructive thoughts and it's one of those things where like um I've had I had it in the past when I was little um CBT uh the first time I was in therapy And I didn't really understand how it worked because then I was a child. But in therapy now, I'm doing it without even like trying. Like, and I know that's, that's part of how I've grown. (laughs) And that's your, that's your new conditioning. That's the thing, like in the beginning, when you have like this negative self-talk, negative, like destructive behaviors and stuff, and you want to change that and you want to quote unquote rewire your brain, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard because like you're not used to it. But as soon as you flip that switch, it becomes the other thing becomes automatic. The positive self-talk becomes automatic. The awareness becomes automatic because that's now what you're used to. For me, it was like it was just the the I think the most important thing was the the awareness of it in the first mm-hmm. place, because as you said, it was that thing of like the being on autopilot, the not even realizing that the normal noise that was just running in the background was this negative, um, self-destructive, self-hating monologue just running constantly. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing of like realizing that that's happening in the first place was such a like, no wonder I feel like shit all the time. (laughs) I'm constantly telling myself that I'm shit. (laughs) 
you're you're reaffirming um it over and over and over again yeah. without even noticing it yeah yeah and so even just being aware of it then the next time it happens all of a sudden it's louder and you're like hang on a second I do not want to listen to this album uh this is not my favorite song and in fact I hate it yeah uh, <laughs> and yeah it's just um that for me was the pivotal thing was that just being aware in the first place that it was even happening. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Like um, awareness is, I would say, 80% of the work. Because if you're not aware of it, you can't change it. And um, even now, and I've been changing my thought patterns and my feelings even, which is another thing we can get into, like changing, literally changing your feelings, um, which I always thought wasn't possible. I always thought my feelings kind of just happened and controlled me. But no, I control my feelings. Um, it's an, Although I've been doing it for such a long time now, it's still an ongoing journey. And especially language can be really powerful, just the way you frame things. We've been talking about this um, a few days ago, a week ago yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, but for example, there's a difference between saying I am depressed or saying I have depressive tendencies, I have a depressive episode. Because if you say I am depressed, you're identifying with the depression, which even if that's not what you're meaning to do subconsciously it's sending a message to your subconscious to be like you are the depression mm. and I and I do agree like like y'all know at this point at least you must that I'm a huge fan of language mm -hmm. um like and the the fact that I believe the words that we use are so much more powerful than we think and coming from a sociology background like They carry weight whether or not you want them to. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of it is so unconscious. So even, even sometimes I'm trying to be more conscious of it as well when I say something as a joke. Like even when I say something like, oh, I'm so stupid. And I know I don't really mean that. Same, but no, 100%, exactly same. And it's like, and it's gotten to the point, at least in my journey, where like, Because I do genuinely love myself mm -hmm. now that when I do say it, there is a moment where I'm like, why did I even make that joke? Like, that's not even. It's not even funny. It's not. Why? No, because like, that's the thing, too, where you're like, it's not even a joke because it's not funny. Like, you're why would down? Why would the yourself. joke be like, ha ha ha? I'm such an idiot. Like, that's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just even those like tiny things, although you don't really believe that, like, why would you? Why would you say it? Why would you send that message to the world and to your own subconscious? There's not even, there's no reason to it. It's just because you're used to it because yeah. you've done it in the past. Yeah, and the, and I and I see those remnants of like that the w old way that I used to think about myself that are just habit and mm -hmm. how it's that thing of like you're really just trying to break the habit of being you. <laughs> I'm guessing that's why Dr. Joe Dispenza called his book like that. I see what you did there, Joe. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's just a really in yeah, it's an interesting thing to kind of see it from this perspective of because I think you like the idea that you have this control over like what happens in your own brain, like being able to look at it and be like. I understand this and like everything has its place. Yeah. And it's mostly because you, I don't want to say you cannot directly influence the circumstances in your life because you can, but essentially what you're influencing is your own state. You're, you have complete in any moment in time, regardless of what happens out with yourself, you always have 100% control over yourself, mm. your own perception, your own state, and how you deal with things. And um, that's just really, really powerful because then like, what happens outside of you doesn't play such a huge role anymore. All the manifestation stuff aside, aside from the fact that it literally changes and shifts with the state you're in, but even that aside 
that's why I always say like to me um, manifestation is not it's not a means to an end it's not in order to make something happen outside of yourself like the goal is to get into the state because then you don't care yeah. what's happening outside of yourself because you know it's almost like you just know that you're running on this frequency that's will open things up to you like yeah and again like the same thing but different perspectives like this knowing yeah um yeah yeah i wouldn't even say it's different perspectives i think we have the same yeah. we're on the same page here yeah um but yeah you mentioned cbt earlier and i actually wrote this down um before we started filming this episode because it's one of the things that i wrote down for like how you can actually rewire your brain and i think cbt is one of the more well-known methods yeah and it's definitely CBT and other forms of therapy as well. Just like having that reflected back to you by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you don't see your own delusional thinking because you're so stuck in it. So when somebody else, be that a coach, a mentor, a therapist, points that out to you, it becomes really, really clear. And you're... I think... Um... I know I've told you this story before, but um, it's like this moment I had in therapy that was such an aha moment for me. And it was about the way that I was thinking about myself or like thinking about my trauma. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened is um, I think I had been seeing her for maybe like a couple of months. Um, And so just like getting into the nitty gritty stories of my abuse and she stopped me in the middle of a I was kind of like retelling something that had happened and she stopped me in the middle and she was like Kelly I noticed that every time you revisit your trauma you do this thing where you spend a lot of time focusing on how other people in the situation and particularly your abusers felt at that time making excuses for them and stuff explaining their behavior yeah so it would be it would be me being like and so this happened and like but I totally understand where they were coming from and I can understand why someone would do that and da, mm-hmm. da, da. <laughs> um, and she pointed out that I did this and she was like I'm wondering if from now on you can make an effort to visit these things and kind of focus more on what you were feeling and all of a sudden it was like I didn't know how to talk about talk about it anymore Cause they like, she took away the only like path in my brain that Mm -hmm. I knew how to travel down into that darkness. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, you're making me talk about my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's the awareness thing. It's like all of a sudden being aware that I did that. And even outside of therapy, I don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because I noticed how often I did it just because she pointed it out. Yeah. Um, and that was such a huge shift for me is like being able to look at something in the past that happened and be like, you know what? That They fucked me up. Like that really hurt. They betrayed me. And being able to like leave it there and be like, yeah, I, I, I was hurt. Mm-hmm. I was in pain. And like accepting that and like allowing it to be mine for once. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's it is really powerful to um have someone who supports you and who gives you another perspective. You don't this whole like rewiring your brain and changing your beliefs and assumptions thing. You don't necessarily need someone else to help you, but it is really really it makes things easier because it gives you the opportunity because everybody's your mirror right everybody's you pushed out so it gives you the option to see yourself from another lens because they are reflecting it back to you they are pointing things out to you that maybe you're not able to see so for me like having been both in the role of like being coached or being counseled and also doing that for other people myself now I see the shifts in my clients I've seen um major shifts in myself when I was being coached and counseled. Um, And I think it's incredibly powerful to ask for help, to not, you don't have to do it alone if you don't want to. Yeah, genuinely. Oh man, just, and having that. Yeah, it's like, because ever since then I really do, and it's that word you said like shift. Mm -hmm. I really do feel like that was that moment where it's something in that shifted for me. 
And I realized I didn't have to keep, yeah, I didn't have to keep telling that narrative anymore. Yeah. Like it wasn't serving me. And I think that's, that's why it was so cool that my therapist was like, it's not serving you. And I was like, oh shit, it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like to have someone kind of like hand it to you and be like, give you permission. Yeah. Put it in like a framework kind of thing. It's also like, um, because that's essentially like what you did. It was kind of like, a proof of your people-pleasing tendencies because you were thinking more about others Me? than yourself. Yeah, People-pleasing? And I had this actually when um, I was mentored by somebody and um, it was like within a program, within like a mentorship program. And throughout the whole program, uh, this person said, you can contact me anytime if you need support, right? Anytime, I'm here. And still, when I then needed support with something, because I was really struggling with something, I was having like hallucinations and sleep paralysis, and it was really fucking not good. I remember, yeah. Yeah. And I reached out to them, and I reached out to them and asked for help, and they responded, and they were like, the first thing I want to point out is that you don't need to ask me for permission to help you. This was an offer from the start, because I did the thing where I was like, well, I'm wondering if it's not too much hassle. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. And like, if you don't have time, I totally understand. Yeah. And they, and they were like, this is the first thing I'm noticing. So I'm wondering if in this, there's a bit of like an unworthiness issue. If you need to ask for permission for the thing that you know you're granted already. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah (laughs) I love it that one person can just kind of like yeah like you said reflect back to you being Mm -hmm. like you can't see it because you're in it but this is what I see and all of a sudden you're like that's not what I wanted the picture to look like yeah sometimes you can't see it when when you're in your own brain you can't think outside of it genuinely you have no other option (laughs) yeah so it's really 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 powerful um to have support um but there is also quite a few things that uh, you can you can do on your own. Um, and I think especially the support is probably important when you have some sort of, when you actually have a mental illness, like when you have some sort of unbalanced brain chemistry, um, be that um, anxiety, depression, PTSD. Both of which I struggle with, hence therapy, yay. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have to say, actually, I am for the first time in my life, I'm at a place where I think I don't struggle with any of those anymore, which never thought I would get to this point. But I think that I can, I can thank the rewiring of my brain. Neuroplasticity. Yay. <laughs> God bless. Uh, for that, because I never thought I would get out of like... Uh, anxiety I never thought I would get out of depression I never thought I would get over my trauma and I'm not saying yay I'm healed like it might come up but I don't identify as I have depression or like I deal with anxiety anymore the kind of anxiety I now quote-unquote deal with is the kind of anxiety that every human being has like sometimes you're just anxious but I don't have this oh I'm having a panic attack anymore which I used to have so it's possible this stuff does not have to stay with you forever. Well, and similarly, like you'll know just from being my pal, but I recently had like a very manageable but small depressive episode. Um, And, but we've had this conversation where it felt, it still sucked, Mm -hmm. but it felt different. It wasn't like, The way I think I described it is in the past when I felt depressed, it feels like you're just like floating in the middle of an abyss of an ocean where there's just nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea, the concept of like swimming anywhere, you look around and you're like, fucking why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like to get to where? Mm -hmm. Um, But this time around, it was like I could see islands in the distance. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that there was safety on Love the horizon. That it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, 
and the even and even though I was depressed and even though I was feeling a lot of these feelings of like hopelessness and aimlessness um it was like I knew it was going to be temporary this time and I think it has something to do with the fact that well I know for myself it has something to do with the fact that the big the big shift is that I love myself now Mm -hmm. so floating around in the middle of the sea like I'm not alone (laughs) I've got me and I love me so I'm gonna be fine yeah (laughs) you feel less lost then Yeah. yeah and I think like what what you said about this being different has a lot to do with your awareness as well because um very often when you're either in depression or anxiety or like any form of let's say common Mm. mental illness um because I don't want to like generalize all mental illnesses they're also different but uh stuff like depression anxiety PTSD um when you're in it especially the first initial times you don't realize you're in it Mm -mm. you don't realize you're depressed Mm -mm. and I actually had an episode um last year as well a depressive episode where I had never really dealt with depression before anxiety had always been my thing and I couldn't really put a finger on it but I knew something was off because I had created the self-awareness so without hesitation I was like I'm gonna contact a therapist which is something that I would not have done in the past because I wouldn't have realized what was going Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and although this was the first time I had like had full-on depression I initially instantly recognized it and I was like "Ooh, something's not okay with my brain I'm going to look for support and I did and within one or two months like it really didn't take long gone yeah so that awareness piece is the most important genuinely I mean it was the same for me because and again that goes back to that support because what did I do which you know is really difficult for me but immediately I was talking to my therapist and she was like, are you really close with your friends? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I was done with that session, I was like, guys, <laughs> yeah, I need help. Um, and guess what? It actually helps when you ask for help. Yeah. It's really annoying that that works. <laughs> and you, um, you get out of it much quicker. Yeah. No. And like, I would say... I mean, the difference between that depressive episode and the last one I had was the difference of, like, months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, yeah. There's something to be said for that analogy of really just not feeling like you're alone out there in the middle yeah. of the sea. Because you're not. And even even when you're not asking for help or support, you're still not alone. And I know, I think yeah. We can talk about other things that help as well, aside from therapy. Do you want to do you want to mention some things first that you or is like therapy the one thing that helped you the most in in terms of changing your Yeah, I mean it's just it's that combination of like having that person there to to reflect those things back to you in a way that you've never considered them before. Mm-hmm. And then that domino effect of then having the awareness so that when you have those you know, those old habits crop up again, you can be like, "Hang on a second. Mhm. Uh, this is not, this is not the game we play. Yeah. We do not do the self-hate thing in this house. <laughs> in this house. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I just pointed towards my brain. I realized nobody else could see that. So <laughs> I thought I'd explain. But yeah, just that, um, that that's really, that's been really powerful for me and I can feel it and I can, and I, I, it's like watching myself do it as well when it pops back up and seeing that. Like, I almost have, like, a superhero in my own head now that's like, no, 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 we don't because, talk shit about Kelly. That's not Because what we do. you are not your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to remember, you are not your brain, you are not your ego. And that's, that's what happens, like, that internal dialogue, that negative self-talk that's just ego, like, trying to protect itself, wanting to be right. Or even, like, sometimes I think trying to control the situation, and it has these feelings, and your ego's like, I'm supposed to do something with them. And instead of like, you know, your higher self being like, yeah, we like chill with them for a minute. The ego's like, no, I just throw them at you. And you're like, okay, calm down, buddy. 
<laughs> and that's the thing like your higher self is who you really are that's mm-hmm. your true self that voice that's like observing it all that's who you really are so those negative uh, conversations or like monologues that you have in your head they're not the real deal yeah and that's the thing is like it took a while but it was through even realizing that it was happening and then yeah this domino effect thing of realizing like yeah you don't have to keep playing that song mm-hmm. like cool so let's talk about other things other than like therapy because um, for me personally I do think therapy is powerful, but it's been, like, minuscule in Mm. comparison to the other things that have helped me. Um, For me personally, my own inner internal work has been the, has caused the most shifts. And through that, I have obviously had help with, um, through, like, Neville Goddard's teachings, um, Joe Dispenza's teachings. Joe Dispenza also talks a lot about... I think another book that he has, I haven't read it, but it's called You You Are the Placebo. So basically, obviously, we all know about the placebo effect, and it's scientifically scientifically proven, it's valid. Um, the idea that um, essentially is the idea is that your brain or your assumptions and beliefs are that powerful if you can take a sugar pill and get the same effects or similar effects to people who have the quote-unquote real medication, whatever the case may be. Um, And along with the placebo effect, there's also the opposite side of the coin, the nocebo effect, which basically, it means the opposite. So it means that the negative expectations of a patient regarding a treatment option or their prognosis leads to them having a more negative experience if that's what they're expecting so it works both ways um so that's been that knowledge has been very powerful for me um basically training myself to think differently creating that awareness um affirmations although i'm not like the biggest fan of them because i think like you can't say them just as empty words with like vain repetition but if you say them with conviction and you're really yes creating that awareness around it they can be incredibly powerful just like we said earlier like language is powerful words mean things um and i love affirmations they've been a huge part in shifting helping to shift how i view myself and like and again it's like almost like giving myself permission to love myself yeah um and you don't realize like Looking at looking at yourself in the mirror and saying I love you is like one of the most powerful things I've ever done in my entire life. And I do it every single time I walk by my mirror now. It, this is also my daily practice is uh, mirror gazing, like staring at myself in the mirror and telling myself, I love you. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Because that alone shifts you to a state of self-love and you you remember throughout the day to treat yourself with the love you give to others. Yeah, and it's almost, it's like reaffirming, again, it's that you're not alone thing. I'm like, nah, I've always got like my best pal in my head and like, we cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and for me also, the most, most powerful practice of all of them has been meditation. Because essentially meditation isn't necessary. You don't need to meditate, but I highly recommend it to everybody because if you learn how to meditate, you do increase your awareness in daily life as well, because essentially that's what you're doing in meditation. You're becoming really aware, hyper aware. And other things that have been very powerful for me have been visualization, mm. like literally using my imagination. Imagination creates reality, right? Um, to visualize myself as the person I want to be as the person who loves myself as the person who has what she wants as the person who acts in a way she wants to act who's seen in a way she wants to be seen and essentially rewiring your brain 
I think it doesn't have so much to do with changing because like it says breaking the habit of being yourself. That's the title of Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. Which I can understand might be off-putting to some people because like I can see some people being like, why do I need to not be myself? Like, what's <laughs> wrong with me? It's like, all right. Well, the idea, the, the reason behind that, I can explain it real quick, is that um, he defines like this autopilot as quote unquote your personality. And I think there's something to it because mm. I think there's some traits that I used to think, oh, that's just my personality. But actually it's not just been my personality. It's personality. It's been programming. It's been like childhood trauma that I've projected into the future. So essentially that's what he's talking about, like changing your state and thereby changing who you think think you are but that's what I wanted to get at you're not really changing who you are you're getting back to who you were from the start before as I always say before all those layers of conditioning and trauma and negative assumptions and self-talk came on top of it it's because it's not who you really are And I think that's a really good point because I think what's going to happen is there will be listeners who will try and imagine themselves in that state that is, you know, their, their truest desire and immediately feel guilt or shame or unworthiness, delusional. delusional, which is like, if you really sit and think about where those feelings are coming from, they almost always can be traced back to something that happened to you in your life that made you feel like you did not deserve that thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole point, as you said, is stripping back to your highest self that knows that it deserves that. Because of course you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that you bring that up as well, because I think these feelings should come up. I think if they don't come up, something's off. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really doing the work if um, there is no guilt or unworthiness or insecurity or doubt or fear or shame coming up. Because the point is that you let those feelings come up to transcend them. You need to sit, you need to be willing to sit with the uncomfortableness of those feelings. And you need to be willing to step into the uncertainty, the scary uncertainty of not knowing what lays beyond that. Um... So yeah, really, really powerful. What I also want to mention when we were talking specifically about mental illnesses um, and I also want to talk about addiction and I'm going to give a little disclaimer here as well because it's nothing I condone. It's nothing that I recommend to anybody. Um, it's nothing that I advertise. But there is a possibility for plant medicine to rewire your brain. If used responsibly, if used in a guided context, if you're medically allowed and able to use it. Um, Which please check if you decide to have that kind of journey. Hence the disclaimer. However, the reason I'm mentioning it is because I've experienced it myself. Like I'm not someone... Well, I've seen it in others who have genuinely dealt with addiction. Um, I know more than a few people who, are, who I have done plant medicine journeys with who um, were alcoholics before going into this. And they are now completely sober, alcohol-free. Um, people who are drug-free, who used to like be addicted to, for example, cocaine. Completely drug-free. Um, no craving, no desire. And my personal experience kind of aligns with that where I um, I don't drink anymore since doing those plant medicine journeys. And it's nothing that I force myself to. It's nothing that I... Um, You're not like trying to abstain. I'm No, it's not. It, it doesn't require any effort. It's simply nothing that I crave and desire anymore. And that shows me something has changed in my brain because the craving is just gone. And um, the attachment is just gone. And that's also the case with my um, previous mental illnesses. That's the case with 
my codependency. And I'm not saying, oh, it's just magically disappeared mm-hmm. after the, it, it was a journey. Also with the alcohol, it was a journey. It was not like I quit drinking right that day. But just slowly and gradually, it's like my brain restructured itself to think and behave differently. And I just stopped perceiving things in a way that I perceived them before. So I don't feel codependent anymore. Um, And it's now a year since over just over a year since my first plant medicine journey. And I don't feel codependent anymore. I don't feel like I'm struggling with mental illnesses anymore. I don't feel like I need any substances anymore. Completely gone. So I think it's not a miracle tool. Hence also the disclaimer. But it does have the um, potential. There's even, there's a really good documentary, which we can put in the show notes as well. Um, which I would like to recommend. It's called Trip of Compassion. Mm. It follows the journey. I think it's set in Israel. And it follows the journeys of three or four people who were struggling with PTSD from like literally like one person had been kidnapped and survived that. One person had... um, Uh, observed a bombing oh jesus another person had i think sexual abuse like traumatic experiences war all kinds of stuff Uh, and they've been dealing with ptsd for some of them a decade or more and it follows the journey of these people doing mdma assisted psychotherapy in israel and all of them healed literally cured their ptsd and i'm not saying go and drop a pill i'm saying <laughs> yeah this is like microdosing, like <laughs> and like yeah and it's like in a therapeutic context I, it's like there's somebody who's medic like a, a medical professional observing and supporting and holding the space yeah they didn't drop these kids off at like a club and they gave him a bag and were like how fun (laughs) yeah exactly so hence the disclaimer but it's a really really good documentary i highly recommend it i think i'm gonna watch that later yeah it 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 costs money you can't find it on netflix or something but it's it's worth it i'm i actually regret because i uh rented it when i uh watched it i actually regret not buying it because i want to see it again yeah no it sounds really intriguing yeah um so there is that potential as what i was trying to get at um and then the other way around like there can be negative rewiring of the brain so if you can use alcohol or drugs prescription drugs mdma if you use that too much that can rewire your brain into a negative state like we were just talking about MDMA-assisted psychotherapy and how beneficial that can be. But equally, if you um, take ecstasy every weekend, that has a really bad effect on your brain. Yeah, yo, your brain doesn't chemistry. know how to make serotonin anymore. <laughs> yeah, your brain chemistry will be completely off. Because essentially, that's what we're talking about as well. Like, yeah. rewiring your brain, you can do that with your thought patterns and like controlling your feelings, overcoming your emotions, which, by the way, is what you're doing in um, deep meditation. And by creating that awareness, you're not the slave of your emotions anymore. Mm. You're just observing them and choosing otherwise. Choosing acceptance instead of fear. Choosing um, surrender instead of resistance. That's the thing, too, because I like I like that you phrased it that like you're not the slave of your emotions anymore because it's almost like I think what when people hear that they might think that like if you have negative emotions come up that like then the the idea is like I'm in control like oh like I don't want you here emotions and that's actually the opposite that's not what you do at all because that's resistance yeah the fear is only harming you as long as you're afraid of it it was that word surrender. Yeah. Like that, that happened to me the other day. We were having, like Lorraine and I were having um, voice messages and I had kind of a really difficult realization about something and started crying during one of my voice messages. I was so proud of you, by the way. Uh. I have not told you yet, but I, cause like seeing that journey, I, I was so proud. 
Yeah, um, I'm proud of myself as well. And I think because my normal instinct, and this is something that's been a regular topic in my therapy as well, is to, especially with crying, my instinct is to repress that shit. Mm-hmm. I, and I can feel myself trying to push it down. Um, and the realization came after going to therapy for the first nine months a couple of years ago and realizing that I literally only cried when I was in the therapist chair. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not like I never have to outside of here. Of course I do. I don't let myself. Um, and when I had that voice message with you, I started crying. And yeah, I just sat on the couch and had a really big old sob because I fucking needed it. It's such a nice release. I love crying. It's such a, <laughs> such a powerful release. And I think you, you made a good point. Like it's about surrendering to it. So you're not, it's not about, you are essentially controlling your emotions but you're not controlling it with force you're not controlling it with pressure you're just choosing to transcend it to like observe it let it happen and shift into what you want to shift into it's not there's no pressure behind it because if you're creating pressure around it if you're fighting your emotions you're not in a state of being in control of your emotions at all because then you're in complete resistance yeah and that's the thing is I I think yeah again a shift happened at some point where I realized this and it's so it's such a better feeling to feel really 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 shit for maybe like an hour but then have that be it do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. instead of like quietly feeling like garbage all of the time yeah because you're just never actually looking it in the eye yeah you're never (laughs) facing it you're never allowing yourself to so I suppose our main message for this episode was that even though it's possible to negatively wire your brain into like bad behaviors addiction anxiety depression trauma can negatively impact your brain alcohol drugs porn is scientifically proven um even though all those things can have a negative impact on your brain chemistry your brain structure you're not destined to be that way forever you're not destined to think that way forever you can literally change your quote-unquote destiny and it's entirely in your hands and you can rewire your brain I know it sounds like maybe a lot of responsibility to some of y'all, but I think maybe that's part of the point, really. That is the point, and that's why I teach what I teach, because I want you to realize that you have control, you have responsibility. It's not your fault what happened to you, but... Fault's almost like besides the point. Yeah. It doesn't even really matter. But that's sometimes how people interpret it, so I I like to add it on. But you, you have control. You're not lost. Nothing's ever over. Nothing's ever set in stone. And nothing is ever final. Or that like at the very least, you are so much stronger than you realize. And if you don't realize that, then like what's, in, what's standing in your way? What's keeping you from accepting that as your truth? Because mm. you deserve it. Amazing. Um, We hope you enjoyed this. Yes. Let us know if you have any questions, if there were like maybe specific points that you'd like us to come back and chat more about. We can pull more of this stuff apart. There's a lot more to it. (laughs) Yeah, this episode truly flew by. If you need support in your journey, reach out to me. My website is always in the show notes. And uh, you can book either a session with me or you can also book a free discovery call and we can have a chat and see if you require help and support. And if if so, if I'm a match for you or not. Um, And you can also contact me um, on Instagram and um, go check out Kelly's tarot business, Pathos Tarot on Instagram and drop them a DM if you're interested in some guidance and a reading. Just some nice little reflection to see what's coming back at you. See what stories you're telling yourself in your own head. Yeah. 
um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mindless Podcast and drop us DMs on regarding feedback and topic ideas. We want to produce content that you truly enjoy. Um, and if you would like to support us, our Cash App link is also in the show notes and uh, in our Instagram bio as well. Leave us reviews, support us. We love you. As always. And have a beautiful, beautiful day wherever you are. Bye. Bye. Bye.